the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. God Richie bless you for being part of Excel service this morning and I trust that you are going to have a super time in the presence of God together. Let's come to our text which we've been exploring for some time now. We'll be looking at attitudes for altitudes. That's the subject we've been following on or I've been teaching on for the past months now. Look at Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 to 11. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him a name above all other names. That's it. Attitudes for altitude. Jesus began with an attitude and he ended up at the highest altitude in life. As we learn from Christ and as we learn from scripture, the vital attitudes we need. I see God change us from glory to glory. Let's bow down our heads and pray. Spirit of God, we thank you as we get into your word today. We ask the Lord, you grant me utterance like you always do. Spirit of God, work through me. Touch these lips of clay. Let them communicate your word with simplicity and with understanding. Let every viewer watching the service live now or may watch it thereafter. Let their lives never be the same. Thank you, Father, for your blessing. In Jesus' matchless name, amen and amen. Once again, you warmly welcome. We're looking at attitudes for altitudes. And for the past weeks, I've been exploring and teaching strongly on attitude towards God, which I established as a foundational attitude for success in life. If you want to become the kind of person God wants you to be and fulfill your destiny in this life and be impactful in this life, you have to first of all develop a right attitude towards God. And so we took our text from Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 to 14. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandment, for this is the duty of all mankind. Fear God, keep his commandment. Fear God, keep his commandment. Some modern translation says, revere God and obey his instructions. Obey God, fear God and keep his commandment, for this is the whole duty of man. Our attitude towards God must be one of reverence, must be one that treats God with the respect that is, he's deserving of. We must have 
God's highest honor in our hearts. We must obey God. We must fear him and do that which pleases him. The Bible said that is our whole duty. That's our core responsibility as people made by God. We establish that attitude towards God is very critical because it's the only attitude that has consequences for us in this life, positively or negatively, and consequences in the life hereafter. We can't take our attitude towards God, therefore, for granted. We establish foundationally by looking at two men from the book of Luke who had a certain attitude towards God and where they ended. We looked at the rich fool and we looked at a rich man who shared the same story with Lazarus and we saw how their attitude ended them. And I began walking you through seven important reasons why you need to develop the right attitude towards God. I like to teach with reasons because they answer the why question. Why is attitude towards God so important? Because when we know why it's important that our attitude towards God becomes positive, we are naturally motivated to do and to develop the right attitude. That's why we spend some time exploring why we need to develop a positive attitude towards God. And number one, we said we need to develop a positive attitude towards God because he made us. That is the foremost reason why we need to develop a positive attitude towards God. The book of Psalm 1100, verse 1 to 3, it said, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all you land. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. That is very important for me. It is he who has made us and not he, we ourselves. You could not make yourself. With all the scientific advancement that we see around, they are yet to make a human being. No one can make a human being. God made us by himself for himself. And that's why we need to have the right attitude towards God. We are his subject. He is he who has made us and not we ourselves. Number two, we said we need to develop the right attitude towards God because not only has he made us, but he loves us dearly and deeply than you could ever imagine. Yes, and I'm talking about you. God loves you. Watching me right now. God loves you. Hearing me right now. He loves you deeply and dearly more than you could ever imagine. There is nobody on the planet who could love you the way God loves you. And you need to understand that the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave that which was dear to him, that which was priceless to him, that which was valuable to him because of the value he places to, on you, because of the price he puts on you. He gave that which was priceless just for your sake. He loved you when you were a sinner. He loved you before the foundations of the world were laid. He loves you with great love. He loves you with everlasting love. He loves you with an incomprehensible love. That is how much you are wealth to God. That's why you need to have the right attitude towards God. There are people that they don't just love us. They are just using us. And even such people, they demand that we have a positive attitude towards them. How much more? God who made us and God who loves us. Number three, we said we need to develop the right attitude towards God because it forms a basis for attitude towards everything else in life. In life, we would have to develop different attitudes to different things. You have to have a positive attitude in your marriage, attitude towards your job, attitude towards money, attitude towards church, attitude towards leadership, all kinds of attitudes. But the fundamental, the pivotal attitude that shapes all of these attitudes is our attitude towards God. When your attitude towards God is right, 
In all probability, your attitude towards everything else will be perfect. Number four, we said attitude towards God is foundational for good success. And I'm talking about good success here. I'm not talking about success in its generic, in its generic sense. I'm talking about success, good success, which can be described as godly success. Success based on biblical principles. Success that has enduring value. Success that is not just taking advantage of people. Success that is not only material, but is spiritual, is so physical, and it is also in the realm of the material. That is a kind of success. The Bible says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospereth. God's will for you is holistic success. Not that you are doing well in business, but maritally things are not working. Not that you are getting promoted on your job, but spiritually you are not doing much for the Lord. That's not the kind of success I'm talking about. I'm talking about all-round success, and the Bible describes it as good success. Good success impacts every other area of your life. And we are saying that when it comes to good success, it's founded on a positive attitude towards God. If your attitude towards God is negative, you are not likely to experience good success. And I know you want to experience good success. And that's why it's important that you develop the right attitude towards God. And then, of course, number five, we said your attitude towards God will determine your prosperity, longevity, and fulfillment right here on earth. You want to live long, you want to live a fulfilled life, then you better develop the right attitude towards God. In the book of Job 36, verse 11, the Bible says, if they obey and they serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. You can prosper without serving God, but to enjoy that which God has given you, you need to have a right attitude towards God. The Bible says in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17, it says, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud. Obviously, when you have a positive attitude towards God, you won't become proud because you have money. Neither will you put your trust in money which is so unreliable. And when your attitude towards God is right, the Bible said, their trust should be in God, who which gives us all we need for our enjoyment. I like the last bit. All you need for your enjoyment. I want you to know that you need more than money to enjoy your life. You need good relationships. You need peace of mind. You need tranquility in your soul in order to live a meaningful life. How will all of that be gifted to you? It comes when your attitude towards God is right. That's why you can't take your, an attitude, your attitude towards God for granted. It's an attitude you need to consciously work on and make sure that you get it right all the time. You never, 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 never want to have a negative attitude towards God. And number six, which is going to be our continuation today, is that negative attitude towards God will never go unpunished in this life and the life hereafter. This is critical. We are continuing our teaching today from here. Negative attitude towards God will never go unpunished in this life. You cannot go through life and live your life as if God does not matter and end well. No, because he made you and he loves you and he wants the best for you. When you ignore him, it's like you have chosen the worst part of life. And that's why sometimes we see people and they seem to be doing so well and yet their end, it doesn't get so better. Why? Because they have decided to sideline God. God is not someone you can sideline and do well in life. You can prosper in a human sense. 
But ultimately, you realize that you will need God. When the book of Nezah, uh, in the book of uh, 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel 13, verse 13 to 14, we saw the man Saul. Saul began as a man who was walking in humility. But at some point, he became larger than life. When he became king, it entered into his head. He will no longer uh, obey God. He began to develop a negative attitude towards God. The Bible says that God clearly visited him and told him, listen, this was my original plan for you, but now I have changed my plan for you. <laughs> you have to know that God does not change, but his dealings with us, he can change. You have to understand that. So, felt that, well, once God has committed himself to me, he's committed to me for eternity. And so he could do just whatever he wanted and felt that God would still be committed to his waywardness. No, God is a good God, but he demands that we walk with his word. We obey his word, we obey his instructions. You cannot repeatedly go in con contrary to the word of God and expect that God's presence, God's power will work for you. It doesn't work like that. So Saul, so God told him, gave him an instruction. When he went, he did what he wanted. That was a negative attitude towards God. God said, I wanted your kingdom to endure forever, but now I've changed my mind. It's my prayer that any good thing God has begun with you, he will continue it to the end. Your attitude will not put him off in the name of the Lord Jesus. I will remember Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was gifted with a great kingdom. And he felt that he had built the kingdom by himself. He didn't know that it was God who gave it to him. God gave him the kingdom. He went to war, conquered the king, the previous king, overpowered him and became the superpower of the day. He became the reigning king of a time. And he felt that it was his own might, his skill, his military intelligence and expertise had gotten him the victory. But what he did not know, that it was God who gave the kingdom into his hand. And the Bible says when he developed a negative attitude, God punished him severely. And I don't, I know, you don't want, I've, I've already talked about it in the part of the earlier series. So you don't want to get it. You remember the rich fool also, when he felt that this is great harvest, he had built a bigger kingdom and he was going to live forever. He said, take ease, rest my soul, for you have goods laid up for many years. God said, well, the, the money you have accumulated, may be yours, but your soul, you don't have right to it. I own your soul. And that's how the man died. So we need to develop the right attitude towards God. Again, we see the rich man who was also in the same episode in the book of Luke chapter 16, verse 19 to 31. That man lived a life where he had no regard or no relationship with God. But the end of his life, he realized that no, in this life, if he could do without God in this life, in the life after here, he couldn't do without God. A man who was so rich and loaded needed someone to dip his hand into water and drop it on his tongue. He could afford any kind of water, whether it's a bottle of water or whichever means, wherever the water was produced, he could afford it in this life. But in death, he realized that he had become miserable. His worth meant nothing. Herod is another person whose attitude towards God was that of arrogance, was that of pride. He literally took upon himself the place of God. And you saw how he ended. The Bible said an angel of the Lord struck him. He died on the spot and he was eaten alive. You don't want to develop a negative attitude towards God. Why? Because the consequences of it are very, very grave. And of course, number seven, it will determine your eternal destination and your reward. 
when your life on earth is over. I want you to know that life on earth has its time limit. It has its expiry date. We are not here to live here forever. No. Man is an eternal being having a temporal experience on the earth. You must always remember that. You are an eternal being having an earthly experience, earthly temporal experience. And so when that sinks deep in you, You'll be living your life with eternity in view. A lot of people carelessly and unfortunately live their lives as if this is the ultimate. Hear me and hear me well. This is not your ultimate. We are all in transit. Whether you are rich or poor, you are in transit. Literate or illiterate, you are in transit. And you have to understand that how we live our lives here will affect where we will be and the kind of reward we'll receive in eternity. As I round up this teaching about attitude towards God, I want to share with you four pillars that I believe if you are able to establish in your life, they can always check your attitude. They can always help you to have a positive attitude towards God. What are those pillars? Number one, and I'll use P for all of them. Number one is that you must acknowledge God's place in your life. Once you fail to acknowledge God's place in your life, your attitude towards him is likely to be negative. Acknowledge God's place in your life. Acknowledge the fact that he made you. Acknowledge the fact that he loves you. Acknowledge the fact that he wants the best for you. Yes. Unfortunately, people who develop a negative attitude towards God usually do so because they think that God is uh, this mysterious killjoy who doesn't want them to be happy, who doesn't want them to have the best in life. But I want you to know that that is not a true picture as God gives us in his word about himself. God is a good father. God is a good father who has good plans for his people. He loves us and he wants the best for us. And so you have to acknowledge his place in your life. The Bible said the fool had said there is no God. He doesn't acknowledge God's place. He doesn't have value for God. He doesn't have value for God's word. That is the fool. If you look at the story of the rich fool, Luke chapter 12, verse 16 to 21. Then he spoke a parable saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. He thought within himself saying, What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, So you have many goods laid out for years. Take ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose would those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. You know, when you develop a negative attitude towards God, you are not able, if you don't acknowledge God's place in your life, you will not naturally seek to develop a rich relationship with him. That was a lot of the rich fool. He was a rich fool because he had no place for God in his life. His word had eaten him up and he didn't know that wealth and riches came from God. God does not hate riches. In fact, the Bible said the silver and the gold are mine. But God doesn't want riches to have you. He wants you to have riches, but he never wants riches to have you. But wealth and riches takes a hold of you when it brings you to a place where you think that what God can do for you in your life, money can do. That is one of the greatest deceptions in life. What God can do in your life, no amount of money can ever bring it into your life. So acknowledge his place in your life. Acknowledge God's place in your life. 
denunciation of God's existence is the greatest expression of foolishness. That's what we are told in Psalm 14 verse 1 and Psalm 53 verse 1. When you can boldly say there is no God, you are simply making a bold declaration that amongst all men you are most foolish. Number two, make him a priority in your life. Don't just acknowledge him, but make him a priority in your life. The Bible said in the beginning God, in the beginning, God. So you want to make God the priority, the center of your life. In the book of Exodus 20, when he gave the Ten Commandments to Israel, and by the way, you have to understand that the Ten Commandments are still very relevant for those of us who are born again and we are in the New Testament. They are as relevant as it was in the old. Its application may be different, but they are relevant. The God who demanded first place in our lives in the Old Testament is still demanding first place in our lives in the New Testament. God did not take first place in the Old Testament and then decide that in the New Testament any position is okay for me. No, Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. If you look at the book of Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 to 18, he said he's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether it be thrones, dominions, he says he's before, verse 17 is what I'm interested in, he's before all things, in him all things hold together. That's important. God is before all things. When you place God before every other thing, before your job, before your relationships, before every other thing that you are concerned about, when God comes first, then the Bible says everything else will hold together because he's supposed to be the center upon which everything else revolves. The moment we begin to allow other things to take the place of God, we cease to live a meaningful, impactful, relevant life. I see you live a meaningful life in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. God does not just deserve first place in our lives. He demands it, and I pray that you will learn to give him the place that he alone deserves. That was the secret that made Daniel outstanding. He gave God first place. He became a top-notch leader in the government of the day. But Daniel's relevance was tied to the fact that he never relegated God to the background. Many people can rise up as superstars and later on end up as zero stars or no stars. And it's simply because as people rise, most of the time they forget that it was God who made them and they begin to have all kinds of excuses why God cannot have first place, why church cannot have first place, why giving to God cannot have first place. Now, the moment you begin to get into a situation like that, you must understand that your end is very close. When Daniel chose to give God the greatest position that he deserved, which is first place, he made God the priority in his life. All kinds of attacks came his way, but none of those attacks could prevail. Why? Because God was first place in his life. And the God whom he gave first place to made sure that at every point of a way, Daniel's life was secure. May he secure your life. May he preserve your life in every situation you find yourself in, in Jesus' precious name. So number one, if you are going to develop a positive attitude towards God, the first one I said, acknowledge his place in your life. And number two, make him a priority in your life. Wake up talking to God. Go through the day talking to, retire to bed talking to God. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him 
and he will direct your path. Number three, follow his purpose for your life. God's purpose for our lives is very clear. Most of the time, people are praying that God will show them his purpose. God's purpose is to use you as an instrument to make the knowledge of Christ available to all. Among many other purposes he has for us, this is one of his core purpose for our lives. He redeemed you, restored you to himself, and then he has made you a messenger to others. Tell others about his goodness. Tell others about his love. That's why this must be your pursuit in life. Make God's purpose your pursuit in life. Most of us go through life pursuing every other thing other than that which God expects us to pursue. You are his ambassador. So as an ambassador of God, you can't go about doing your own business. Just like it is in the natural. Ambassadors of nations don't come into the nations into which they represent their countries doing their own business. If they want their salaries to be withheld, if they want their privileges to be withdrawn, they can decide to do their own thing. Ambassadors in every nation pursue the bidding of their master. You must understand we are here as strangers. And the bidding of our master is that through us, souls will be saved. Through us, souls will be disciples. Through us, souls will be established for the kingdom of God. And you must constantly be evaluating your life along these lines. Am I living my life? in active pursuit of God's purpose for my life? Am I using my resources to advance his cause? Am I using my resources to build his kingdom? Am I investing in things of eternal value? That is key. Apostle Paul used to live his life for himself, but when he encountered Christ on the road of Damascus, two things, two questions he had to answer. The first one, he asked, who art thou? That was the first question Paul asked when he met Christ on the road of Damascus. He said, who art thou? And Jesus said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. And then he said, what would you have me do? And I said that it's important that once you answer Christ, you answer the first question and you get to know Christ. The next important question you must answer, what would you have me do? And that is God's purpose for your life. There is what you want to do in life. There is what you are pursuing for money, but there is something God will have you do in his kingdom and on earth for his glory in eternity. That you must pursue. And I pray that the grace of God and the wisdom of God will rest upon you to be able to pursue that. As I close, if you are going to develop a positive attitude towards God, apart from acknowledging his place, making him a priority in your life, Following his purpose for your life, you have to depend on his power daily. When you learn to depend on God's power daily, your attitude towards him will be right. Because once you acknowledge his place and then you are making him your priority, following his purpose, you will see the need for his power. You need his power to be, become all that he will have you become. The Bible says, without me, John 15, 5, you can do nothing. The Bible says again, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep watch over the city, the watchmen wake, but in vain. This was the secret of Daniel. If you know why Daniel will never break a day of fellowship with God, it was because his power he drew his power from God. He did not draw his power from his work. As powerful 
and high as his office was, that was not the source of his power. Daniel's source of power was in his daily fellowship with God. May I ask you this morning, do you make time for God? Do you make time to commune with God in prayer? Do you make time to commune with God in worship? Do you make time to commune with God in fellowship, in the Word? Do you spend time with God? It's important because, you see, the times you spend with God strengthens you against evil days. When you learn to share fellowship with God, you are strengthened, you are empowered against evil day. When Daniel was challenged, the reason why he could stand out and rise up and he could go to the lion's den and not be eaten up is because he was on earth as a human being. They saw him as a human being. But Daniel was at, he had so fellowship with God that he had literally become a divine being walking about. That is why when he entered the lion, they could not eat him up. Why? Because lions cannot eat divinity. When divinity envelops humanity, there is no way lions can eat you up. And that is why I want you to understand. In this world, we are dealing with serpents and scorpions. Jesus said, behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. And without the power of God, you can't tread on serpents and scorpions and be safe. That's why it's important that you spend time with God. Learn to invest time in prayer. Every week, every week, apart from your morning, morning time, I will always recommend that you spend at least an hour of intimate fellowship with God. Spend some time worshiping. Spend some time praying. Spend some time. And it's not a time where you are asking for things. It's just a time where you are deepening your relationship with God. Deepening your work with God. Telling him that he's the source of all your power. Telling him that without him you can do nothing. Many people may look at you on the outside and see you as a strong person. But let between you and God, let it be obvious. Everything you do is as a result of his grace and of his power. That's what was the secret, not just of Daniel, but also of Apostle Paul. He said, I am what I am by the grace of God. The grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. Nevertheless, I labored more than they, yet not I, but the grace of God. The grace of God is the power of God. And when that power is at work in your life, you are able to accomplish unusual things. Favor favors you. Favor follows you everywhere you go. Things that take people take years to accomplish, the grace of God comes upon you and he empowers you to do it effortlessly and without mastery. And I pray that as you learn to acknowledge God's place in your life, as you learn to make him a priority in your life, as you learn to follow his purpose for your life, and as you depend on his power, it will inform and shape your attitude towards him now and always. The Lord bless you for being part of our broadcast. I trust that this time has been a refreshing time with you in God's presence. I look forward to see you and having you join me same time next week as we begin to continue in this attitude series. God richly bless you. Now it's time for us to support the ministry of God's word. Package your offering, pick up your phone, your tablet, whatever you are using to give, lift it up unto God as you support or partner with us in carrying this good news of the gospel across the nations. Father, we thank you for every giver at this time, anyone that is signing up or partnering with us through their seed in taking the gospel across the nations. Let your blessing that accompanies the preaching of the gospel follow their lives, prosper them. Let their dreams become realities in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word 
and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. You are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasa Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no, no, no.